1: Hey! Hey! What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh!
0: Everybody, I'm Meredith Salinger, and I'm sitting here with the adorable and talented Patton Oswalt. Patton, say hi.
1: Hi, I'm I'm not the guest on the show. No, you're.
0: Shh. Listen. What? I I know you're not the guest.
1: (laughs) You just introduced me like I'm guesting on my own show. Well,
0: it's a little bit just because you were like, "Let's, we can record a podcast, you know, anytime we feel like it," because we are recording from home currently. Yes. So you said, "Let's record a podcast now and meet me, meet me in the room." At two thirty, and we'll chat. And I, and here I am. There we go. And I sat down, and I said, um, I started talking to you, uh-huh. and then I was like, actually, roll it. I'm like, I think I have a lot of things to talk about with you. And you're like, that's why we're here. We're yeah. here because you're supposed to.
1: You shouldn't show up and be excited that you suddenly have things to talk about for the show where we talk about things. No, that I- shouldn't be a big revelation for you. <laughs>
0: that, that wasn't the revelation.
1: <laughs> what the was re- the
0: revelation? Was I forgot we were doing a podcast. I thought I was just coming in here to chat. No, I mean I sat down to start talking oh, with you.
1: Time and- means nothing anymore, does it? No.
0: Well, I came down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I walked down a flight of stairs. I walked across a backyard. I made a trek, is what is what Meredith is saying. Um, welcome to another episode of Did you get my text? Uh, I'm Pat. Oswald. I'm Patton. No- I you just oh. I'm Patton Oswald. I, <laughs> Meredith is is over there. Indicating, say your pet <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. This is a shambles. Okay. Um, uh, I sent you a couple texts. You did? I did. One of them, and I didn't even read the whole article. I just want to talk about what the headline says because I love it so much.
0: Were you about to say, oh, did you get my text about?
1: Yeah. Did you get <laughs> my text?
0: <laughs> because I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, boy. Did you get my text? Regarding? Uh, regarding the uh a pub in Yorkshire
0: I did uh
1: snow has trapped dozens of people in a pub in Yorkshire for days now including an Oasis cover band who have been performing for the captive audience now uh
0: and it's been like how many days like six days
1: now four I am not really sure I know that it's been all they're over
0: trapped they're trapped by tons of snow blocking the doors and windows I think yes. that's what they're like literally <laughs> Trapped.
1: Yeah. First of um, all, that's
0: terrifying.
1: Well, yeah, it is pretty terrifying. Like, Do they
0: even know that they're there? Does someone even know that they're there to be?
1: Well, obviously, because there's, re- there's stories being written about it. <laughs> How do you think people? Wow. All right, folks. Welcome to the. I can already tell you right now, this is going to be the saddest episode of this podcast ever. I think we people are going to leave know. just being sad and worried for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, like a like, show. Okay? I don't want people going to go. I don't want to hear her go through this. This is not fun.
0: Or like. You guys. Yeah, let's let's like, see what's going he, he on. She seems pretty normal about this. Is she okay? And you're just okay with it? <laughs> you're just okay that your wife comes down like, what are we doing here? What's How happened? do
1: people know about the people in the hotel? <laughs> How do they know anything about it? Hmm? Uh, well, judging that I sent you the story off of Twitter, let's assume people know. <laughs> okay. um,
0: I mean, you'd think if people knew... My point is they'd be rescued by now. Like, if the whole world can tell this story, well, they can't, they why can... don't they go there and with a, a shovel and get those people out?
1: I'm sorry. You, you would say they would maybe use a shovel? Or whatever. They're, they are completely snowed in. Yeah, this they is need like a
0: snow mover roads thing. Roads are
1: clear. Yes, Meredith. A snow mover Listen, thing. Listen,
0: don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> what is a snow mover thing called?
1: Snow plow. That. <laughs> That's what oh, I meant. Wow. Um, there are so many, uh, obviously, uh, Twitter and the internet is going crazy with the story because there are so many wonderful scenarios. Is this, um, in other words, I think everyone, because we all now think of things in terms of adaptations, uh, is this a great Stephen King-style horror movie? Is this a wonderful Agatha Christie? Uh, mo- is this a a, a Beatles-type farce? Uh, what if the Beatles were stuck in a... Uh, um, I'm not even going to say Oasis because uh, the Oasis is Oasis, a Beatles cover band. Boom! Send us some angry uh, speak pipes. I don't care. But um, uh, there are so many ways this scenario can play out. Are, is there romance in the air? Is there uh, is the band finding uh, new purpose in life? I mean, uh, it's a
0: good movie. It's a good it's a good movie. Does it turn then, yeah, into murder at the end?
1: Well, my interestingly enough, my my brother uh, tweeted out. Uh, Something funny as it was, it, it, it again makes me think. As a as a creative person, uh, he said, uh, and this is true. Um, uh, if uh, this will either be this story again, the the snow is trapping people,
0: and there's no snowplow in, in sight.
1: No snowplow, and the only uh, uh, entertainment is an oasis cover band who have been performing for the captive audience. They've been entertaining people and keeping their spirits mm-hmm. up. So my brother wrote, this will either be a serious A24 biopic with the Oasis cover band played by Oasis or a campy seven-part Ryan Murphy miniseries with the Oasis cover band played by the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. So, but there could, there's a beautiful little story, not just a beautiful story. I think there's a lot of beautiful little human stories like an Honor Balzac uh, Type uh, tapestry of lives all connecting in the snowbound pub in Yorkshire with an oasis cover band. Think of the think of the cover bands it could have been. Like what right. if it had been a smash mouth cover what band? What
0: if or- it had oh God. What if it had been a real, like, good band? Like, what if they were trapped with the Rolling Stones? What if they were trapped? Why would
1: the Rolling Stones go to a Yorkshire pub? Out you know what the- I mean, man? Well, if we're what thinking
0: if it- of bands.
1: Well, what if it had been a band uh, that was, like, kind of known in the day that were are just deciding, well, we're all home. Let's go out to the, you know, so, like, it's Billy Bragg out there playing in this Yorkshire pub, and, and people are like, wow, we're stuck here with Billy Bragg. He's all about, turn your phone off.
0: Was your that fo- me? Yeah, that's your phone. Oh, thanks, honey. I thought you were imitating Billy Bragg. like He's all like, turn your phone off. And I'm like, what kind of guy is he if if that's what he would say?
1: No, he would just go, throw your fucking phone in the Thames. You know what,
0: Patton? What? I think it would be really cool... To actually do a documentary, a, a interview series about it and follow the people and what I'm, happened.
1: Sweetie, I'm sure behind the scenes people are scrambling. Do you not see the Netflix slash Hulu series that this is? People are scrambling to get the rights to this I thing. I mean,
0: what if they did fall in love? What if something, what if some lady there, she shouldn't have been in a pub, but what if she had a baby?
1: <laughs>
0: if <laughs> she's that pregnant, she, she shouldn't be in a
1: pub. No, don't go to a pub during a blizzard. But I'm saying we don't,
0: we don't know who's in there.
1: What co- would what would be the worst cover band to be stuck with?
0: I don't know them.
1: That what, an Oasis cover band. <laughs> yes. But what about like like a a U two cover band? That and not not saying that U two is bad. What I'm saying is U two has to be a huge spectacle, and you're stuck in a little pub, and it's them doing U you two know, covers. Who would?
0: Hmm. I don't know. It would just be fun if Weird Al were there. Mm. How happy would you be
1: if you were st- the best time. stuck in a pub with Weird Al? That would be everybody would end the best. up best friends. They'd everybody, all be happy.
0: Everybody would be singing. Everyone would be best friends. They'd all be playing games. It'd be the best. Trapped.
1: What if the band emerges from this A real band. as a genuinely great band where they they do their covers and over and over again and then they're and done
0: with them and they're not, like we
1: gotta push through and then the, and then and they, they start, somehow yes. do some weird push through <gasps> and that become and then become and they, the next Beatles. Yeah.
0: I think that might happen. Oh,
1: what if that is the end result?
0: Listen, many things could be happening in that little hut. Mm-hmm. It's not a hut, but it's, it's not large.
1: But now, at the other hand, horrific things could be going on. That's true. Someone there could, could be weird someone. cannibalism going on. There could <laughs> yes, be yes, we don't know.
0: <gasps> this could oh, be oh god. What? What if? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what? The, isn't there a podcast called What If? There must be.
1: There have, I'm sure there is. That,
0: listen, there's a podcast for every damn thing. That day. is true. Like, hey, did you get my text? <laughs> Someone should name a podcast <laughs> that. Like one day you're sitting there with your spouse and you're like, did you get my text? About what? I texted you. Oh, we should have a podcast. And then you go- see the
1: light bulb go off over one of their fans. <laughs> Whoa, wait.
0: Did you get my We're text? We're sitting on
1: gold. Uh, um, speaking
0: of gold, that leaves... Well, leaves... wait, I want to keep... Hang on. Oh, but I have something... Okay. When, oh, really quick. When you're done, I need to speak about gold.
1: Okay. But I want you to also I'm with chime you. in. Don't sit there and go <laughs> like you're t- with an <laughs> insane guy at in a bus stop. I'm
0: tapping out until you're Let's done Let's just let
1: this guy end. What if this becomes a weird...
0: Are we still playing what if?
1: No, not what if. I'm just saying the possibilities of the aftermath that, of this. That
0: possibilities mean what if.
1: Okay, fine. <laughs> Everyone in the pub uh, that survives this remains friends. What if every year this becomes some yearly cult meeting? This becomes the new Burning Man. You go out to this Yorkshire pub with the Oasis cover band and you meld with people. Well, Who knows? If
0: somebody wants to do a documentary series, you start now with the interviews and you do that. And you make sure they every year do that.
1: This could become a midsomar thing. <laughs> Do you think there are days where, if I was one of the people in that pub. I mean, pub, I
0: wish that the people listening right now could answer your questions, because I'm done playing the game. So. I'm not. Okay.
1: If I was in that pub, I would be messing with the other people, I would be going, like like if it was day seven, I'd be like, I can't believe we've been, been here for seven months. This is crazy. And they're Like, This is like six days. We've been here for seven. I would start Remember doing like- Remember you fell and hit your yeah, head? Don't you understand? Like, And then I would start going, You've always been in the pub listening to Oasis, <laughs> Mr. You, Torrance. Or are
0: you like, you guys, did you not know we were covered by snow, but the rest of the world got hit by a nuclear bomb? There's yeah. no one left. It's just us.
1: The only entertainment left is Oasis's music. It's like a reverse yesterday.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can we move on to the gold conversation? Or are you going to keep what ifing? Uh,
1: yeah, I guess we're moving on to the gold conversation, folks. Go ahead.
0: Well, it's not that good of a gold conversation.
1: Oh. then By all means, let's veer off this rich vein (laughs) to your, uh, I don't know, this is all that good. Let's go.
0: No, I want to You seem
1: to be full of energy about this, but can we veer off on this thing (laughs) that I'm kind of like,
0: meh? I'm not meh. I'm ready to tell a funny story. (laughs) Go. Okay. So, the other day. Right. You weren't feeling well, and it was kind of gray outside and a little bit rainy, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make, there's no, I make a really good homemade chicken soup. Yes, you do. And it's like... Referred to as Jewish penicillin amongst the Jews, we like to call chicken soup Jewish penicillin.
1: Speaking as a non-Jew, uh, we also refer to chicken soup as penicillin. It's just <laughs> the—it's a universal comfort food.
0: I'm just saying. That. Yeah, go right. ahead. Anyway, basically, when you make a good chicken soup, yeah, it's got this beautiful golden color
1: with that, lo- that the lovely little surface, like almost a little oil. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yes. Right.
0: So. As you and I'm sure all of our listeners have heard, I'm yeah. not someone who tends to cook. Right. But I must have organic, fresh, delicious chicken soup, freezed in portions oh, yeah. in the freezer for emergencies. E- right. It is my emergency chicken soup. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I like to definitely have at least three, three Tupperwares in the freezer. Yeah. Of emergency chicken soup. Right. Like, oh God, I woke up, I have a sore throat. Here, have some chicken soup.
1: Frozen bullets of love. Correct. All right.
0: And then, you know, the extra, you eat while it's there and you eat it normally. There's, I get it. There's your, there's your evening chicken soup. <laughs> okay, not the emergency chicken soup. No. The evening chicken the soup. The
1: evening chicken soup. Okay. Okay.
0: So you were not feeling well. No. And you said, can I have some chicken soup? And I said, sure, it's in the freezer. Have yeah. one. And it was frozen, so I all I said to you was, just put it on the stove in a sauce pot, you know, put it on simmer till it melts. Right. And um, I'm upstairs, and I'm smelling the air, mm-hmm. and it smells good. Yeah. It's like, God, there's such a thick scent of chicken soup in the air. It was just, mm-hmm. like, homey, cozy <laughs> deliciousness. Yeah. So I come downstairs to see how you enjoyed it. Yeah. And you're watching a movie with Alice. Mm-hmm. And the stove is on mm-hmm. and the fire is under the pot.
1: On the lowest simmer.
0: On simmer. Yeah. But you left it there for like an hour.
1: I didn't know how long it would take to how thaw out. How long does an
0: ice cube take to melt?
1: All right. That's true. Anyway, I wasn't thinking those terms. Turn- whatever.
0: Bottom line, the gold, man. Yeah. You let the gold evaporate and it's infuriating <laughs> because, and somebody said to me, well, he was going to eat it or it evaporated. Like you don't have it anyway. And I'm mm-hmm. like- yeah, but it had a purpose, and its purpose was to fuel you. But and then with it just evaporating, it's infuriating.
1: Well, and I, here's the thing. Go ahead.
0: I don't often make chicken soup, mm-hmm. and you just wasted some. Okay. There wasn't a drop of liquid in the pan. It was just a couple pieces of chicken well, and some celery that, and carrots. That
1: chicken, celery, and carrots was still tender, and a lot of the broth had <laughs> soaked into them, and I ate it okay. with some white rice, Okay. and it was... Fucking delicious! Great. I'm, I'm still thrilled. what I needed.
0: Yes, but it's the it's the broth, baby. The gold. The, the gold is the mm-hmm. broth. That's the penicillin. That's what makes you better, and the love that I put into it, and you've just dissip- dissipated it into the air. That's why the whole house smelled like chicken soup.
1: Well, then you know anyway, what I did. I shared the love with the universe. Okay. I sent it into the air. Right.
0: That's just the story behind my conversation, which I'd like to have about emergency things. Like okay. Emergency chicken soup. I must. Must, must, must. If somebody has eaten the last chicken soup, well then you have to make another batch just to have your emergency chicken soup ready. Okay. Okay, what, do you have anything that's like you must have a backup of so that you feel safe in the world?
1: Oh, like like a comfort thing? <laughs> well, I don't well, know. Well, obviously I gotta have, uh, I gotta have uh, black tea and honey. I gotta have that uh, laid up. I gotta have a hot cup of tea that's there. But
0: I mean like for emergencies. Is there anything that you need like you're, f- you're 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 feeling sick, what do you need?
1: Oh, if I'm feeling sick
0: or something happens, I don't know. Maybe it's a dumb question because maybe the only answer is emergency chicken.
1: I don't know. I mean, you I know I think emergency chicken might first be first First off, I I've, I've had moments of stress where I was like if if everyone could give me 10 minutes to make myself a cup of tea with a little bit of honey and let me sip it okay. i will be able to get my thoughts down you know what else are two things that will settle me when i get panicky and my stomach and mind are all upset i know you, you one of these things i shouldn't be eating cuz it's really bad from, for me uh cuz i don't like i can't handle gluten but um ginger ale on ice and a couple of saltine crackers resets my head okay. and really is that weird
0: so you feel like comforting. that should just okay. be in the house at all times in case you ever feel like you need that
1: yes if okay. it went, come as they as they say the wet ass hour that is when you want your thing to reset yourself and get yourself going okay and aren't you glad i didn't say oh it's, it's a bottle of scotch or like it's, I, it's it's nothing narcotic i'm depending on it's just uh comfort and memory that i need oh, okay does that make sense
0: yeah that doesn't really live up to the emergency chicken but it's all right
1: Hey guys, Wait a minute. <laughs> let's no, take a break. No. Why not? You just said, "Would you?" I just. Op, I opened myself up to you. I was totally honest. It's hot tea. It's this. It's this. You're like, doesn't live up to my thing. Sorry. What? Whatever helps me in an emergency helps me. I the mean, hell is wrong with you? I mean, I don't
0: think that's really gonna like. You wake up. Uh, that's just a mood you're, enhancer. You're the person.
1: You're that's the person just a mood on enhancer. the. You are the person on the Titanic going. This lifeboat, it's not wide enough. I don't like the the ones on the other, on the port side. That is
0: not what this is about.
1: They have okay, nicer everybody, seats. Everybody, we're
0: going to take a break and we'll be right back. Ha ha ha, yay. Guys, welcome back to Did You Get My
1: Text? Hi, everyone.
0: Um, Patton, did you get my text that I sent you? It was a picture of me playing backgammon with a little girl.
1: Yes, I saw that one.
0: Okay. So I wanted to talk about when you play with someone, how it's so much more fun to be playing with someone who's super into playing the game you're playing. Yeah. And just, and even, Yeah. Even in conversations, you're someone's like super passionate about the like really interested in what you're saying. Yeah, it's so much more fun to tell the person the story when they're actively looking at you. Right. In fact, I've been places where they've said, "Tell a story to the person opposite you." Right. And have the person opposite you not be looking at you while you tell the story. Mm-hmm. And so you try to now have the person sitting opposite you really look engaged, like be as engaged as possible, uh-huh. and then you tell the story, and it's so much better. Right. Because it's that there's this energy flow in conversation. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when you play games. Yes. When you play games, it's fun when the other people are super into it. Mm-hmm. So I'm obsessed with backgammon. and As I've, am I. And I've taught Alice, and she likes it, but she's not obsessed. Yeah. It's not like, Mom, can we play backgammon? It's mm-hmm. like I say, Alice, can we play backgammon? And she's like, okay, but then I want to watch this on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so... I really, really want to play backgammon with someone. And in my single days, I used to have friends who were super into playing backgammon, and right. they'd, like, meet at a, a Waffle House <laughs> like play backgammon.
1: The old Waffle House backgammon network of <laughs> that, the 90s. That, I know all about that. That was the name of the place that.
0: that we used to go to a bunch of...
1: The one on Sunset that you got yeah. to line up outside of for nine hours? No, every? not that
0: place. Oh. It was Overmore. It was. It's near um, Pinch's Tacos or whatever. There's that, like, the den or whatever. It's like you go down. Anyway, mm, yeah. it was a place that kids in the days used to frequent <laughs> kids in the Hollywood circuit used to play and, Um, but the other day, Alice had a play date with one oh. of her friends. Yeah. And we went over to their house and we were hanging out and the little sister is there. Yeah. I'm friends with them. I'm, we're friends with the parents and all the kids, the kids all love each other. The parents love each other. And, um, the littlest one, the seven year old, her name is Rosie. She's oh. the cutest thing I've ever seen. Right. Um, I had brought a backgammon game over to play with her mom. Yeah. She saw it. She's like, what's that? I was like, this is backgammon. She's like, will you teach me how to play? So I sat down and I taught her how to play. Mm-hmm. She's seven years old. Yeah. She's a shark. Oh, no. The kid is a brilliant she genius. Ran
1: the board on you?
0: She was so good. And Ugh. she, and then she's like, let's play again. Like, she was like a little, like it turned something on in her brain. Wow. And she was just like into it. She was competitive and we were playing and we were laughing and it was the best time ever.
1: You found Bobby Fischer.
0: She's my little partner, and I love her, and yeah. I love her energy, and all I want to do is play backgammon with her. Right. So I'm kind of like feeling like I need to get Alice to make another play date. Right. Like, make a play date with Grace. Let's let's go. Oh, on. she can go have let's an go. excuse to go over and play I'll, with this I'm kid. I play with yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think I could just call the mom and be like, "Does Rosie want to play backgammon with me today?" And she'll be like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, come yeah, over." Yeah, yeah. Why not? Anyway, it was fun playing with it, and yeah. Alice was playing tennis the other day with someone. Right. And her game was about a thousand times better because she was hitting against someone who was so good. Oh, yeah. So it made her you so good. You get better
1: when you play better. Th- and yep. it's
0: just like in acting. When yes. you're doing a scene with someone who is totally present and just, it, it's the best thing ever. You're just like, it makes the scene so true and yes. real. And there's nothing better than being with another wonderful
1: actor. It also makes it easy because you're reacting for real.
0: Passion gives you life. And that's what I like about nerds.
1: <laughs> they Passion gives them life uh, to turn away from life and no, no. And, and get into movies and no, Dungeons no, no, and no, Dragons no, 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 no. and
0: that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, it's not what they're excited about. It's the way they're excited they are, yes, about exactly. it. Yes, exactly. There's this passion and complete authenticity to when yeah. someone loves the thing that they're doing. Oh yeah. So if you're super into playing D and D and that's your thing, it's like you are so passionate about it.
1: And it leads to some. I'm, uh, I I sometimes we 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 kind of I'm I'm in a Zoom league with a bunch of people because of still because of COVID, but one of them has a game room in his house where he has literally built, you know, on the table, uh, landscapes and environments where people, it's insane, but he, it's all hand built. He had Mm -hmm. to custom build everything. And it's incredible.
0: Um, I, when I was younger, used to watch the movie Weird Science. It was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I had the biggest crush on Elon Mitchell Smith, the brown haired Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. He's so cute. Yeah. So cute back then. So cute. Love him. Right. And I had the sheer joy of meeting him years ago, and we became friends. Yeah. And um, I went, he's married and has three kids that look exactly like him, (laughs) like his son.
1: They look like clones.
0: They're just like, they're like Wyatt from Weird Science. I was just like, look at these adorable kids. Anyway, he uh, plays, I think it's Dungeons and Dragons, but those little- um, metal figures and then you paint them? What yeah.
1: is that? Uh, those are lead figurines yeah. uh, where you, although I don't think they're made out of lead anymore and you paint them. It depends on, you can have fantasy ones. So there's also um, straight up historical war ones. You, you know yeah, paint yeah. Napoleonic Wars, World War II, whatever yeah, one you want to recreate. Yeah, anyway,
0: yeah. he loves painting them.
1: I used to do that growing up. And
0: I thought, that is the coolest thing that someone is, he's like, let me show you all my things. And it was so passionate about it. And you'd Aww. say, oh, he's a nerd. He loves those kind of things. And yes, but I I think basically what nerd to me means is just that you're openly, authentically passionate about the thing you love. Yeah. And I think that's when people are like, oh, you're a movie nerd. Oh, you're a whatever. Right. You know, oh, you're a sports. Can you even say you're a sports nerd?
1: Well, I mean, they don't call call themselves, but but they're basically look, someone who's super religious, I've always just thought of as a Bible nerd or like they're really into it's the same thing mythology, characters, another world that you're connected to. And it's that whole I
0: find it beautiful.
1: I do too. There's nothing
0: I love more than someone who loves the thing that they love.
1: Yes. I love following um, cosplay accounts where people build their own costumes. I love um, uh, uh, action figure. Custom accounts where they make their own customized. Act. I have commissioned sets from people. Um, anyone who takes something passionate and uses it as a launching point into something new, I think it's always amazing. And that's why you create art. You create art, and then you someone goes, "I made this because of what you." You're like, "Oh my
0: god!" So, my, our friend, my dear friend Seth Green. Yeah. He owns and created the company. Uh, he, you know, he does robot chicken. Yes. And they use a lot of stop motion things, and so you have to create. People and oh, characters yeah. that are um, articulate. So you get an articulate action figure. Yes. And oh
1: God, yeah. How so, many points of articulation does the figure have?
0: Yeah, it's so cool. But anyway, Seth doesn't just love doing it when he does it for his work. He loves doing it at home, and so we have a group of friends that we all love, and he well he's made like a, a he's made a figure for every friend.
1: Oh. And
0: so and each friend is totally their personality. Right, and but I remember when he was asking me like if there was anything specific way I wanted to be. Did I want to look anime? Did I want to look? Oh yeah, a certain type. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What did you want to look like?
0: Well, I wanted to look more. I want. I didn't want my face to be so anime. I wanted it to be more like Barbie style, but like small, not Barbie, Barbie, but like just more real looking, like Mm -hmm. like more of a like if you could take a Disney face and shrink it. Okay. Like a. Not super anime, but just not a tough but action figure. still has face either. the
1: pert Disney features to it
0: a little bit, yeah, anyway, slightly
1: bigger eyes.
0: he just made it amazing. whatever yeah. he did, it's super cool, mm-hmm. and he's done everybody, and he poses his friends <laughs> and, and it's, it's very funny, Aww. and of course, like he loves his wife so much, and they're the cutest couple in the world, and he's made like a million versions of them and in different sizes, like doing different things. It's just so cute, anyway. I like when people like what they do,
1: yeah. I like when people are inspired by something someone else does to also then be creative in a, in a new way and that they're not doing it as a critique. It's a, you did this thing and I loved it so much that I was like, why didn't you also do this? And and then it launched me into this direction. I mean, if, if you think about it, the movie Star Wars, you could argue it was George Lucas's years of watching Flash Gordon movies and fifty science fiction movies and then sitting there going, but why don't they have this scene or why don't they have this, you know, why, when you, if you, if you, uh, if a space pirate flies you somewhere, wouldn't he go, hang on, whoa, what am I getting paid? Yeah, how, it's the what like, if
0: game. That's how. Yeah,
1: let's, well, then let's add that.
0: Exactly. So earlier when you, we were playing the what if game with the people in the cabin that were mm-hmm. showed in and I was like, okay, I'm over the what if game with you yeah. in that moment. <laughs> but, but truly the imagination of thinking of all the different possibilities right. is the is the seed for creativity really it's like what Ugh. could this be i love this image where could this go i have this image i want to do a movie of course i'm going to have to write it for myself cuz yeah. it's the vision that i see mm-hmm. but um i just have this one image and it's beautiful and i and i i want to build a whole script around just one image mm-hmm. i'm not going to tell you what it is yep but it is that thing that is the spark of inspiration, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it comes from something.
1: Creature for the Black Lagoon eating a snow cone.
0: How did you know, baby? Yeah, that's the image. I you can know just me tell. So I can well.
1: tell. Um, earlier this year, my parents moved out of their house in Herndon, Virginia to a retirement community. And uh, my brother went there to help them move. And they were, you know, there's a lot of stuff they're getting rid of. My brother found this. Uh, Sucrets box.
0: Oh, my God. I used to have red sucrets. I love them.
1: Well, these are the mentholated sucrets, and there's a little... uh,
0: Do they still make sucrets?
1: They must. Come on. Sucrets will never go away. Uh, The tin.
0: The tin is so cool. The tin is wonderful. Okay.
1: And uh, there's a little sticker, and and my my young uh, 12-year-old handwriting uh, says painted figures.
0: Oh, my God. And
1: inside, uh, he found... These are both... He and I did these. These are some... Lead figures oh that we painted, God, we painted them. for see. Dungeons and Dragons. So um, this, he is
0: looking in a box. of, For those listeners uh, out there,
1: for the listeners at opened, home, he's
0: opened a metal box. He is now sticking his fingers trying to lift. Oh,
1: here's one my brother did. This is a thief, creeping away with a bag of loot. Love it. And um, then this is well, this is a classic.
0: Oh, guys, can you see this? This one's a classic.
1: Well, when I'm saying classic, I mean he did a gnome right out of that book of. Oh, I love those there. little gnomes. Yeah, yeah, those little, little gnomes. I
0: mean, I don't actually like those. They scare me. I don't like those. With little this little
1: gnomes. red cap and everything like that. Uh, and then, oh, here is and a. And if you
0: buy a gnome in general, people mm-hmm. are going to steal it off your lawn and like take pictures of true. it all around the world and then just put it back. Here is a
1: barbarian that I did.
0: Uh, honey, I don't actually have my glasses on. I can't see it very well, but it's all looking very cool.
1: This is a this is my proudest one. It's a very very intricate.
0: Okay, I need my glasses then. Night that I did. Let me see.
1: You will see that I did it. Painted a standard on a shield and a...
0: Oh, my God. You made his little glasses pink? Cute. I mean, what is he? What is he? A warrior? Like
1: a paladin. What? A paladin is like a knight, but like a holy knight that serves a god or something, a deity.
0: Well, anyway, he looks great. Good job Mm -hmm. on the shield. Anyway, tell the story.
1: And then this is a little ninja... Notice the detail of all of his Wait, equipment on Wait, baby, people the back. are listening to this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just describing it. They can imagine it. Okay. Put your glasses on and look at it.
0: It's, it's great looking. Oh, my God, Pat, you're so talented. Oh, okay, who cares? Look at this. That took a lot of... No, honey, you did a good job.
1: <laughs> it's like I hired a prostitute. Would you say that you really like these lead figures? Oh, baby. <laughs>
0: oh, Look wow, at the look detail. At, look at how you put the gold oh, on the shield.
1: Is that a... Are those hash marks on the scabbard? Ooh. <laughs> um... It was the same thing. We all bought lead figures, and we paint. We'd, we would roll up a character, and then we'd try to find the... Look, there's a couple of times, and I know a lot of D&D people out there have be, rolled up a character based on a lead figure that they really, really oh liked. My God, Patton. And then tried to design the figure around it.
0: I believe we have listeners who are not just your fans and mm. just D&D people. I'm going to
1: argue against I that. I
0: believe maybe 10% of our listeners are... De- I, I would say...
1: But I'd say 100 of our listeners get things in context.
0: Yes, that's true. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying our so listeners are dumb. They can listen and go,
1: "Oh yeah, that's weird." Okay, yeah, he saw something, I so feel, then he designed the character around it.
0: I feel calling them our listeners feels very separate. What do you mean? I I would prefer to call them our friends.
1: Okay, that's getting a little culty.
0: I'm not trying to be culty. It's getting
1: a little Nexium.
0: Okay, fine. But some listeners just feels like like they're, they're they they you know they listen to the podcast, they follow yeah. the podcast. That's nice. But followers is better than listeners? No. No. Listeners is better than followers. Listeners
1: because they've got their own lives. They've got stuff to do. I don't want followers.
0: No, obviously. By the
1: way, our first uh, volleyball tournament will be happening next week. That'll be from (laughs) 2 a.m. to 6 a.m.
0: For all of you guys who want to come down and play with us, we'd love it.
1: Great. And ladies, if you could come and bring refreshments and make stuff, that would help us.
0: Why would the ladies bring refreshments? I
1: think it's very liberating. This is just my opinion. I think that Women have been oppressed too long and they should be allowed to create things, you know, like a snack for me.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. You know what the worst thing about you is? What? That every joke you make Mm -hmm. can be separated by a pause and make you look terrible. Like millions of years ago, you did tweet jokes that were separated like part of the joke was in the first half of the thing and the second part, but people didn't... Then they separated that the first part like, would get you in trouble, but the second part
1: made sense. I, I literally did a Twitter bit that got written about everywhere a, about people not uh, following context clues, and now it's being used against me out of context by right. people who just want...
0: To get uh, you in trouble. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I, pr- I, I weirdly proved my point. Yeah. Although my point was that people accidentally will uh, miss context, and now people are going out of their way knowing that they're missing the context because they want to weaponize it. Right, well. Yeah. Yes. But it's really, it's sad how it's come around full circle, man, hung by my own petard.
0: Yeah, because of all the lovely men and fabulous people in the world, you are a very fabulous feminist ally, and I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks, chicks. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the visual bit on the podcast of me showing you... Well, I think we're going to link sucre, it to our... In, in, in,
0: we're going to put a picture on Instagram of the Sucret's tin, which is super old, oh. and then the little guys inside that Patton painted that are so good, Patton. You're amazing. You win all the awards.
1: Goals. Oh, my God. And my brother put a sticker on the back of some baseball player. I don't know who he is, but that, my brother loves sports, and I love... And he he combined them. in Did sweet? he
0: ever... I mean, no, he's your younger brother, and he's 12 feet taller than you. Yeah. Did he ever... Uh, Make fun of you.
1: Uh athletic wise, oh yeah.
0: But was he like, hey, shrimp, or like, hey, nerd, you don't like sports. Did he ever do that kind of no, stuff? No, he but- was
1: just like, you know, <laughs> nice catch point dexter. Just you know that kind oh, of thing. Cute. Yeah. One year I remember I didn't know what to get him for Christmas. Uh he was really into hockey. So I got him this poster and it just said hockey with this kind of Leroy Neiman looking. But not Leroy Neiman painting of like a hockey player in action. But it was so generic. And that's what I got him. And my brother was laughing so hard.
0: Why? Because
1: he's like, I follow specific teams.
0: <laughs> yeah. He goes, it would
1: be like me getting you a poster that just said books. <laughs> and just to put you more like, because I like books, man. <laughs> like it was, it, it made me laugh so hard. That
0: is amazing. I yeah. Got
1: it. So anyway.
0: Actually, honestly, perfect gift for him.
1: What? Um, Ho- Post that says hockey?
0: No, yeah, that's just awesome. Hockey. Yeah, it's funny. No, he... because you're a comedian. I get it, but the, the fact but that I you're a comedian. But I wasn't trying to be funny. In I my know. mind,
1: I'm like, I've nailed it. I
0: know, but he it...
1: likes hockey. Yes,
0: but now with this thought around it, mm-hmm. it is funny and it's perfect.
1: You know what? God damn it, I'm gonna find that poster find it again. again and give it to him. And I'm gonna, I, but I'm gonna go to like Gray Goose and get the most expensive friggin' frame. frame. <laughs> yeah. Like spend a thousand dollars so he can't get rid of it. Like, <laughs> dude, I mean, I spent a lot of money getting this thing mounted, and then like. Like, while he's gone, have workmen come in and, like, mount it to, like, to like the support beams <laughs> in the apartment so he really can't He's stuck with this thing that says hockey.
0: <laughs> is that his favorite sport? Because you could do it for everything. He
1: loves hockey.
0: Okay, good. Then get it. <laughs> um, Matt, I hope you're not listening.
1: I hope he is.
0: Yeah, Matt. You better be fucking listening. <laughs> Goddamn sister-in-law and brother of a podcast.
1: We should drag him in as a guest in a few uh, weeks. Is he funny? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen his Twitter feed? Yes.
0: I wasn't being serious. He's a comedy writer. No, he's of hilarious. He's yeah, okay. we'll
1: bring him in. All right, we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. We are back. Yeah, we're back. We're gonna do some picks. Here we go. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? No, I'll tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah.
0: These mean recommendations for those of you who don't know what pics yes. means, because it could be pictures.
1: It could be. Well, <laughs> although what if I recommended a picture?
0: Well, you should. We yeah. should find a picture to recommend, like the Robert Duaneau picture of the <laughs> sailor coming off the ship, kissing that girl, bending her back that everybody had on their wall in college.
1: Uh, that was a picture in Times Square, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's, it, it's right when they declared World War II over. And he's bending that nurse back. Yeah, she's gorgeous.
0: That's in Times Square. For some reason, I thought it was coming off a ship. Well, maybe just because he was in like ship attire.
1: That's not in anyone's dorm room now. You know why? Because that picture was taken without consent. Really? The woman that was kissed was like, I didn't ask him. He just ran up and grabbed me, and I was not into that.
0: Well, it's a gorgeous picture. It is, but she she ain't digging it. Well, she should just say, uh, (laughs) I don't know, a little something for the effort.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for beating Hitler. Here's a kiss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, books. I I'm rereading just because it's so inspiring. Andre Agassi's autobiography. It's called Open, and it's about his. Wait,
0: I'm curious. Why did you, e- Andre Agassi? Like that's a tennis guy.
1: I know. So it's why? So how? Good. What led
0: you to read that? I read before an, you begin on the recommendation. What? How did you even choose it?
1: Years ago, I read a big excerpt of it in an issue of Lapham's Quarterly about sports, and he um, wrote it with uh, this guy, J.R. Uh, Moninger who wrote I know I'm mispronouncing your name JR who wrote one of the best memoirs ever called The Tender Bar and Andre Agassi would read this memoir during his final games going and everyone was like you should write your life story and he was always like I don't know and then when he read this and got obsessed with it invited JR out to Vegas they started having dinner started taping their conversations it led to this extraordinary memoir. Tell me about it. Uh, it is about his life as a tennis champion, both the the positive and negative of it. Much like a lot of champions, like uh, uh, Michael um, Jordan, there was some obsessive bad behavior that that benefited him, but that also uh, cost him later on physically and mentally. And he had to kind of come out of that. There's a, there's this there's an excerpt where he he is describing this. Um, Tennis match, which he is starting to realize is going to probably be his final one because there's a younger guy he's going against that is so much, again, younger, more limber, more in his prime. Andre has experience and has this inner core that he can draw from, but there's this, and they capture it so well, where if I draw from this inner core, which I used to do when I was young and I could bounce back from, but I'm aware enough of my body to know if I if I go to the core this time, there will be permanent damage done to the body in order to win. That's what, the, that's what win. Simone
0: Biles felt during the Olympics. She's like, yeah. if I go, I'm going to hurt myself. I don't. I'm not. She was like, I know my body, I know this is gonna happen. She was brave enough to stand up for herself.
1: Well, this this is happening as he's in the match. I don't think he wow. realized it was right. gonna go this far. Right. And then this is
0: in retrospect his thoughts, right? And then
1: he yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's him looking back and realizing the processes that were going on inside of him that he wasn't as aware of, but he is, A, because he's older, and also B because he's having conversations with this guy, JR, who could bring all this out
0: of Right. Him. Okay, so what happened?
1: He wins the match, but it kind of destroys his body and and afterwards oh. he's laying on the the table in the i guess the trainer's room or the and, and he's laying next to the guy that he just beat they're both mm-hmm. and he's just kind of looking over at him. he's like, "You won't be ever playing me again like i basically i basically I crossed the finish line. I gave my
0: all to beat you, and I did it, and uh, now I'm injured a little.
1: I just won the Indy 500, and and, but all my tires flew off, and the car caught fire, but I won. It's, I'm not, I don't want to read. What do you think
0: about that? I mean.
1: I love the idea of going.
0: I mean, I'd like to know how bad, you know, like, just that you'll never have joy playing tennis again, you'll never be able to play tennis again. What's the injury? What's the badness of it?
1: Well, I think the badness is. Yes, I'm capturing this one moment. I'm having this one moment of victory. All of that fades, um, and I still have a life ahead of me, decades ahead of me. Is it going to affect my quality of life to have this moment?
0: Right, and so my question is, and is it a spoiler alert? If you say, what was the damage for him?
1: I'm not going to say. I think people should read this book.
0: Okay, good. And it isn't- You're right, don't say anything. it,
1: It isn't a specific damage. It's this bigger question of, how much do you put into each piece of work that you do? Sometimes uh, you, you can put your all into a piece of work and it ends up being crappy. And then something that you just kind of toss off like, meh, whatever, ends up becoming this weird classic. And you're going, you you never know what is going to be the thing or the moment.
0: Right, but for and you, it, but for you as a human, it's not how it's received, it's for how you perform. And so for him- right. He wanted to perform and he knew what it might do. And, you know, actors too have these things like Heath Ledger after the Joker. And, you know, these roles stay with you. They can. And, and they can they, fuck you up. And yeah. And I think even Jack Nicholson said something or maybe it wasn't him. No, Jack. But like, I remember
1: the interviews because I warned him. I told him.
0: This could fuck you up.
1: And he went way too. I mean, Jack Nicholson is has turned in so many amazing performances. But it feels to me, especially after you watch. The Shining, that after The Shining, I think Jack was like, I think I need to pull back from, because he saw what it did to Shelley Duvall. That movie destroyed her. And- um,
0: Performance, her, what she gave her-, performance, her performance was amazing,
1: but, but she was just never the same after that. Right. You know, and, and it was, she still did great work after that. She mm-hmm. was so happy after that to go do Popeye and be back Oh my God, with, I lo-
0: Best, I love that movie so much, you guys. People think it's weird- but it is one of my- It is aged so well. It's a masterpiece. Well. And Robin Williams is brilliant. And Shelley Duvall is brilliant. And the music is phenomenal. And was it Robert Altman, honey?
1: Altman and Harry Nielsen doing all oh, the music. Oh, the
0: music is incredible. and But anyway, she, you
1: know, she had just escaped the clutches of Stanley Kubrick. Right. Who, who basically made her have a nervous breakdown. And now she's back with her, her guy, Robert Altman, who treats her wonderfully and is like- you're playing olive oil. It's, right. We're just, just going to have fun. Yeah. And she could not have had, she's like, I needed that. Like, So when you watch Popeye, you're watching this actress cleansing herself wow. of this psychological torture she had gone through. Yeah. The scene on the stairway with Jack Nicholson with the, with the baseball bat, yeah. I think he made her do that 117 times. God. So when she's she, in hysterics, yeah, she you're, is. she's actually in hysterics. Oh, of course. She can't even think straight anymore. And you're like hey, Stanley, this is a fucking movie, all right? I understand putting your all into something. This is ridiculous what the fuck you're doing. Fuck you. Right. You don't do this to people. She was not asking Stanley Kubrick to push me till I break. There are behind the scene footage of her trying to say, what do you want me to do? I'm giving you, you know, and he's just being an asshole to her. Right. Unless,
0: and yes, that's terrible, but also it created incredible performance. And, And it's terrible. You're right. That's terrible. Don't do it. But it created an incredible performance that perhaps she never would have got to had that experience not occurred.
1: I think if you watch movies like um, Three Women and Brewster McCloud and uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, you can see that, and and um, Thieves Like Us. She can get to those levels without someone fucking right. harassing the shit out of her. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. True. That's bullshit.
0: Okay. Yes, but I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. I, I just I just know that when uh, the the Sydney Pollack part in. Eyes Wide Shut was originally played by Harvey Keitel and when Kubrick made Keitel go through a door like 27 times mm-hmm. for one scene, Keitel was like, hey, you're fucking crazy, man. And he just walked off the movie yeah. and they had to replace him. Like, oh my God. fuck this shit. Are directed you directed Eyes Wide Shut? Kubrick. Oh. And he was oh. like, this is ridiculous. You know, so, and that's, that's Keitel going, do you, I've worked with Scorsese. Yeah,
0: I can do this. Yeah. Just know that I can do this and just- Stop it. <laughs> yeah,
1: and also you're being ridiculous. Yeah. You're just doing this because you don't know what the fuck you want. Right. All right. So anyway, but I love it. But uh, the- um,
0: Okay, so now I wanna read that Andre Agassi uh, yeah. biography.
1: Uh, the autobiography. autobiography. Open. I've read it every few years since I first read it. It's an incredible read.
0: Is it inspiring?
1: It's inspiring and it's just real. It's really real. You okay. are inside. I'm, look, I'm a, I'm a fat, Comic book and movie nerd, and that movie, that book makes me feel like I know what it is to be a championship tennis player. They put you in that right. head. You can't believe it. Wow,
0: that's incredible. And,
1: and, and, on, and on, as a side note, um, J.R. Moringer's The Tender Bar, also one of the greatest memoirs ever written.
0: Well, that's what inspired him to want to write, to perhaps want to write one, maybe.
1: Oh, well, he says um, in the afterward, I did was never going to write an autobiography, and then during my final matches, I would like, go read The Tender Bar, and I was like, I don't well i was trying to parcel it out so it wouldn't end Good. before my career ended oh. and i i couldn't and i'm like and he did one of those one of my few like flexing my star privilege going bring me jr i just want to have dinner with him in vegas and then they and they formed a friendship and then they wrote this book so
0: awesome i want to hear another pick uh
1: well music i'm kind of going down a little comfort hole right now because again i'm recovering from some yucky surgery so my comfort albums right now just re listening to Lush's. Wait,
0: can I just interrupt for a second? Go ahead. Because you're recovering and you didn't go to a lot of these things, mm-hmm. and everybody's been making super yummy food. I've been going to all these things, and um, I've said, everybody's like, can you, you want to bring home a plate for Patton? Yeah. And so they all send me home with plates for you. And the other night, oh. I was at my mom's. God damn it. And she made potato latkes that are the most amazing things you've ever had in your life. And I was like, Mom, she said, let me send you home. With some for Patton. And uh, I said, y-, and for Alice, too, because I know Alice would love them. Yeah. So she sent home a bunch for you guys. Mm. But guess how many I've eaten.
1: How many? Many. Many. Are there Are there some left?
0: Yes, for you and Alice. And you guys can each have some. And uh, anyway, what was the reason why I brought that up? Go ahead and give a Well,
1: Well, um, my music picks are just this little uh, uh, valley of comfort music that I have that I go to when... I write, or I'm trying to think or uh, get out of just badness. And those are, and it's all uh, 90s, early aughts. uh, Lush's Spooky, Juliana Hatfield's Hey Babe, and of course, Amy Mann's Bachelor Number Two. Just have those in a shuffle. They are this great comfort mix. Help me, ladies. And then finally... And,
0: you know, just listen to everything from Stevie Wonder and (laughs) Elton John, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, ELO, Beatles, and I'm good. Those are my wrecks. (laughs) Bob Marley sometimes.
1: Give these new bands, Led Zeppelin, Elton John, and the Beatles a whirl on Meredith's recommendation.
0: Yeah. Well, you did 90s.
1: That is true. Okay. Um, And then finally, movies. This is... uh, Every now and then, I'll just uh, scroll around uh, my... Streaming services: Canopy, Hulu, Arrow, Shutter. And I'll give a movie ten minutes just because the the title looks weird. Yeah. And there's a, an Italian movie from I believe 2015 called "They Call Me Geeg." J e e g. And it is an Italian. How do
0: you know? Like a GIF and a GIF. It's not
1: Geeg. Maybe, maybe it could be. <laughs> or oh my god! What if it is Geeg? <laughs> I don't know. What if You're it's right. <laughs> but um, it's an. I guess it's an adaptation of a manga or a comic, but it is the weirdest. It is a superhero movie, quote unquote. One of the weirdest takes on superheroics, where imagine if imagine the Spider-Man origin story, but imagine if Spider-Man was a antisocial petty criminal who has to be dragged into being a superhero by a semi-autistic Girl, because
0: then it's not Spider Man at all.
1: Who, but but it's, it's the just same a guy
0: who gets bit by something and suddenly mm, has powers.
1: Falls into, but what I'm saying is, it's the same structure. But okay. what what ends up making someone a hero, and it has, and again, the first ten minutes, it's it, it they lean into. This is a sleazy, low life, antisocial loser, and by the end, it's one of the most lyrical, poetic, beautiful statements about what, how do you correctly use your power, and how does power corrupt and it i couldn't i could not believe that i
0: was it so good
1: it was genuinely good
0: what's it called again gig they call
1: Geeg. <laughs> it's either they call Geeg? me gig or they call me geese <laughs> but uh it's an italian film it's uh it, it's ugly and beautiful uh at the same time and i love it so those are my picks this week
0: um This was super fun. I love you. I want everyone to know that. No. I want everyone to know that I find that our podcasts really start off shaky. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. And then they get really smart. And then they get smart and funny. And then they end. And now it's over.
1: <laughs> I thought this one started really well with the uh the people stranded in the little lodge and that was beautiful.
0: Yeah, but I, I came down like my brain wasn't functioning quite yet. Okay. So, I basically for me the trajectory of this the arc of this podcast for me started out the way I just described it. And I'm happy so that maybe it's over now. So maybe I
1: gotta start, I gotta save one of the shit topics for the beginning. When your brain is waking up, then we pause and you'll have a snack and then <laughs> I'll put one of the Gary leads out and we'll go to fucking town.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna read um, the Andre Agassi book in the meantime. It's so good. Alright everybody, thanks for listening. If you have an email or want to leave us a voice message, please do. It would be super awesome.
1: Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.
0: This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswald.
1: In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to...
0: Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show.
1: Starburns Audio. A podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.